Hello everyone, this is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm back with the October 2022 installment of the News of the Month series on the Care Reviews podcast. This is where I talk about a few different entertainment news stories that feel important and or interesting to me. Each of the stories you'll be hearing me talk about have been divided into four separate categories. The first set of them is about the 2022 Movie Awards season. Now that the Emmys are over, we're heading right into that time of year where a bunch of prestigious films are about to be released with the hopes of gaining Oscar glory. One important precursor for the Academy Awards is the Golden Globes. Last month, I discussed the news of them possibly coming back to NBC after a one-year hiatus due to some controversy surrounding them. Since then, it was revealed that the Golden Globes will officially be returning to having a full-fledged ceremony that will be televised on NBC on January 10th, 2023. Nominations will be announced on December 12th. This also means that we'll finally be getting new recipients of the non-competitive Cecil B. DeMille and Carol Burnett Awards. The reigning champions for them have been held for almost two years by Jane Fonda and Norman Lear, respectively. Not only that, but four new television categories will be introduced for supporting performances. Previously, the supporting categories combined musical, comedy, drama, and limited series into one. Now, they will be replaced with musical, comedy, and drama together, and limited or anthology series on its own. The categories are still broken down by actor and actress. It should be interesting to see how this year's Golden Globes could end up setting the tone for the remainder of award season. Moving ahead to the Oscars, producers for this year's telecast have been announced. In the past, filmmakers have usually taken on the job such as Bill Condon, Adam Shankman, Brian Grazer, Steven Soderbergh, and Will Packer. This time around, the Academy and ABC have hired a pair of people who have years of experience in producing live television specials. They are Ricky Kirshner and Glenn Weiss. The latter of whom has not only co-produced an Oscars telecast once four years ago, but he's also directed the last seven shows. When he won an Emmy for helming one of them back in 2018, he famously made a marriage proposal during his acceptance speech, which really got him a lot of attention. Among the many television specials Glenn and Ricky have produced before, they include every single Tony Awards telecast since 2003. I think the two of them have done great work with those over the years. If you listened to my recap of last month's Emmys with Jack Mahanes, we discussed how between that and the Oscars, many people felt that this has not been a great year for televised award shows. Thankfully, the most recent Tony telecast from a few months ago was, in my opinion, the best produced awards show broadcast that I've seen this year. For one, they may have had a select amount of categories presented before the main telecast, but unlike the Oscars, which a number of Academy members reportedly really didn't like how that was played out, they were actually broadcast through a live stream on Paramount+. Plus. Some of the presenter pairings were reunions of former co-stars from past Broadway productions, not to mention that the telecast and ceremony as a whole felt very respectful to those who work in the theater. Hopefully, Glenn and Ricky can bring some of their creative successes with the Tonys to this year's Oscars telecast, including on-stage reunions of former movie co-stars, which was among one of my favorite parts of the previous Academy Awards. Awards. This next news story is about Wicked. This is the fifth time I'm discussing Universal's upcoming film adaptation of the Broadway smash here on the show. This time, 
It's a casting update. Good thing that's the case, because we haven't gotten any in that department since Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande were both announced to star almost a year ago. The casting that was revealed this past month is for the role of Fiero, the Winky Prince, who is the love interest of both Elphaba and Glinda. On February 12, 2021, I published a blog offering up my own ideas for that character, which included Taryn Edgerton, Grant Gustin, Graham Phillips, and Colton Ryan. The lucky actor who will be playing Fiero in the two-part adaptation is Jonathan Bailey. For those who've mainly been familiar with Bailey for his role on the Netflix series Bridgerton, he happens to have an extensive musical theater background. I first became aware of him in 2016 when he starred opposite Samantha Barks in a London production of the last five years. He went on to win an Olivier Award for his performance in the 2018 West End revival of Stephen Sondheim and George Firth's Company. He played Jamie, a reimagined version of Amy from the original iteration of that musical, which is the same character that won Matt Doyle a Tony for the Broadway production back in June. I'm sure a ton of Wicked fans are probably relieved that for the movies, they went with a musical theater-trained actor who has a bit of mainstream appeal as a series regular on a hit Netflix show for Fierro. I remember several years ago, some tabloid magazine posted a rumor that Harry Styles was being considered for the that role, which was clearly false. Whenever movie musicals happen, people get concerned if they're going to cast pop stars with limited acting skills or actors with limited singing skills. Jonathan Bailey doesn't fit into either of those criteria at all, so fans should be glad about that. Hopefully, we'll get more casting announcements soon, as principal photography is apparently set to begin in November. This next news story is about The Phantom of the Opera. Andrew Lloyd Webber's stage musical adaptation of Gaston Leroux's 1909 novel has been thrilling audiences all over the world ever since its debut in London's West End back in 1986. The New York production opened at the Majestic Theatre on January 26th, 1988, and has been playing there ever since, where it became the longest-running show in Broadway history. Though that's gonna change soon, as The Phantom of the Arbor will be closing on February 18th, 2023, after 35 years and more than 13,000 performances. I first became aware of this musical back in 2004 when I was at one of my local movie theaters at the time and saw a poster for Joel Schumacher's film adaptation on display as a coming attraction. It wasn't until a few years later when I watched it from beginning to end on YouTube, divided into multiple parts. I was a fan of the movie for a while, until I last watched it back in December of 2012, where I kept laughing at myself as to how. To make a long story short, I agree with many that the film isn't very good. Luckily, the capture of the 25th anniversary performance at Royal Albert Hall in London, starring Sierra Bogus and Ramin Karamloo from 2011, exists and is available to stream on Broadway HD. I finally saw the stage version in July of 2010 through the national tour at Playhouse Square in Cleveland, Ohio. I remember being so mesmerized by the whole thing. While The Phantom of the Opera has often been seen as one of those shows that is basically style over substance, 
instance, many have felt that the real creative success of it all lies more in director Hal Prince's staging as opposed to the actual material. When I caught a subsequent touring company with revamped staging in Durham, North Carolina back in 2018, I definitely saw why. While I enjoyed that production more than I didn't, I overall didn't think it worked as well as the original. Not to mention that when it comes to the best musical race of the 1988 Tony Awards, many have argued that Into the Woods should have won it over Phantom for having far superior material all around, which voters probably agreed to some extent as they awarded the former book and a score over the latter. I've written a whole post about that particular Tony race on my website, which includes some of my thoughts on how it's shaped up. You can find a link to it in the episode notes. Though nonetheless, Phantom closing on Broadway means that this will feel like the end of an era. That show has really been a mainstay in New York for decades. When the titular Phantom sings the final line during the show's final performance on February 18th, 2023, that goes, It's over now, the music of the night, it will feel literal. If anyone listening is planning to see the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway within the next four months, I hope you have a great time. For our final subject, I'd like to take this moment to remember some industry veterans we've lost within this past month. Though before I get to them, I should mention that on September 8th, Queen Elizabeth II died at the age of 96. She was the longest reigning monarch of England, spanning 70 years since 1952. Not to mention that she has also been portrayed on screen by Helen Mirren in the 2006 Academy Award-winning film The Queen, as well as by Claire Foy, Olivia Colman, and soon Imelda Staunton on Netflix's Emmy-winning television series The Crown. Author Hilary Mantle died from complications of a stroke on September 22nd at the age of 70. She was best known for writing historical fiction, personal memoirs, and short stories. Among some of her more notable works was a trilogy of novels about Thomas Cromwell, 2009's Wolfhall, 2012's Bring Up the Bodies, and 2020's The Mirror and the Light. The first two installments served as the basis for a two-part stage play by Mike Poulton, which was produced both in London and on Broadway, as well as a six-part television miniseries that premiered on the BBC in 2015. Actress Louise Fletcher died on September 23rd at the age of 88. She was best known for her Oscar-winning performance as Nurse Ratched in 1975's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That character has often been cited as one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Fletcher also earned two Primetime Emmy Award nominations for her guest appearances on different TV shows such as Picket Fences and Joan of Arcadia. My condolences go out to all of their families. So that's just about does it for the news of this month. I will be back on November 7th to discuss any bit of entertainment news stories that I found interesting and or important from October. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at CareReviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.